this is Sarcasmic Cast episode 8. I'm Dan. I'm not joined by Jake. I'm joined by my lovely lover, my significant other, Kate. Say hi. Hi. She's very nervous. She's here grinning at us, thinking I'm an idiot talking to, talking to myself. You are. So we are here to discuss the Conjuring Universe. Yes. You are the only expert that I know in the paranormal and supernatural stuff. So I thought I'd bring you in for this one. Thank you. Um, I thought about doing this one after we watched Annabelle Comes Home. Yes. Which we did not like. It was so boring. So boring. The thing I didn't like about it was uh, characters were quite dumb. It was predictable. It was everything that was in the trailer was pretty much in the film. The only decent parts of the film were in the trailer. And I didn't like the werewolf monster, the werewolf ghost. Yeah, that didn't make any sense whatsoever. Like, they they were talking about all these supposedly old crimes, uh, not crimes. Well, you know, old, old cases. Old cases of the Warrens that. I've never ever come up before unless you probably read one of the books. But then again, they I've probably weren't even real to begin with. No, I've I've looked I've looked some of them up. None of them were real. There was like the one with the coins on the eyes seemed to be the most. Yeah, that one I've, I've heard about that one before in like other podcasts that I've listened to. It is one of like it's like an old Irish folk thing, and I'll, it's something that yeah. used to do in postmortem photography. I read a book uh, a while ago now, and one of the the. The serial killer in that book used to put like buttons on the eyes. Yeah, the, sort of like signifies well. passing over to the other world or something. Yeah, I'm not too sure how it kind of like ties in putting coins and buttons and stuff on the eyes, but they also used to cover the mirrors in the house as well, so that the the spirits don't get trapped in mirrors and stuff. What other film did we watch where the the people done that? Um. I remember one one horror film I watched the the other year. It covered them all up. Oh, the nun. No, it wasn't the nun. Or it was the nun. It, it had these four kids in. Oh, the horn. The Mary Bone play. Ah, yeah. Yes. Aye. Yeah. The the was it the secrets of Mary Bone or something? Mm. Yeah. But also in the nun, they did that. They covered the mirrors. Did they? Yeah. You know when he when Frenchie went back to the. It was back in the village, it was back at the pub, and they said you'd be going back to collect like two corpses tomorrow. Um, it was asking why they were covering up the mirrors, and it was like it's uh, like something to do with the spirits moving on. Where are you, bugger? There you go. Is it, do, you, do you believe in that? Like, nah. The mirrors and that? The mirrors just pieces of glass. Mm. It's just, it's nothing but Victorian nonsense. Mm-hmm. So. The very so the entire series started off with the Conjuring, didn't it? Yeah. This series is like six years old now. Is it? Mm-hmm. First Conjuring, and that was where I first introduced to Ed and Lorraine. Yeah. So can you tell me a little about a little just a little bit about those those two sweeties? Like what what do they do? So what did because they're both dead now. Yeah. So unfortunately, Lorraine has passed on this year, and Ed died back in two thousand and six. And no surprise about that. That was about heart complications because he was quite a large man. Mm. But they were the, old as well. They, no, they just looked really old. How old were they when they died? Well, I don't. Let's have a look. Well, yeah. To be fair, 
They, they were quite old when they died, but they looked the same age throughout like the whole of their lives. I've seen photos of them when they were younger, and it's like... Yeah, like... The like, only thing's changed is that the photo's in colour. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the, like in the 30s, and they looked like they were in the 90s, but then mm-hmm. again, so did my great-grandma, so mm-hmm. it's just one of those age things. But the self-proclaimed demonologists, and she was a self-proclaimed clairvoyant slash medium... So she said that she had visions and she could speak with ghosts and like see dead people and stuff like that and see demons and stuff. And he said that he was like hired by the Catholic Church to go out there and. Not is, is that true? He was hired by the by the. The church. church. The church did actually hire him at some points, but he most of his stuff was freelance. The the church only brought him in on a couple of cases, and it was mostly like. The, I think it's the Anfield Haunting. Mm-hmm. Which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, then the... I don't think it was... I think it was Annabelle. I think Annabelle was brought in like by the Catholic Church because... We'll, we'll get to that in, in a little bit. Mm. Like why they the brought him in. But it was only a handful of cases ever that the church brought him in on. But that was back in the heyday of when the church actually believed in exorcisms. Now they're saying out there that... They've got to prove first that it's not mental health issues before they go in and perform an exorcism. So they've got to at least have like three specialists. Mm. Were they ever taken seriously in that sort of? No, they, they did get a lot of backlash because it was back in the seventies when there was a lot of skeptics and stuff. And to be fair, it was also at the time where the FBI didn't believe there was ever a thing called a serial killer. They just believed in coincidences. Mm. So it was back at. A, in a time where it's quite ignorant so they they just kind of kind of seem like i don't know they didn't they didn't get the the praise that they they've been getting recently so with the with the whole like now we're coming into them like making horror films and stuff they're getting a lot more praise and a lot more attention than they did when when ed was alive mm-hmm. So, he died before the first film was made, didn't he? Yeah. A long time before that. Yeah, because when was the first Conjuring? 2013. Yeah, so 2006 he died. So it was like, what, how many years? I don't know. Like 13, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, not, I, I that, what did you say, 2006? 2006. Uh, seven years. Seven years, there you go. I, I wasn't listening. <laughs> but they, they've certainly rode the money train on what they have found. I bet. So, mm. well, what they found in quotation marks i saw the first film the conjuring is based on a true story it's based on a true story there is a family involved that have come forward before mm-hmm. it's very hard to find some evidence on this family um but the like like you see at the end of the film there's the pictures and stuff but a lot of it is over dramatized it's proper fills you in and thinking that that was what happened and yeah the, with showing, makes you believe it was all real i mean anyone can do it with a horror film really if mm-hmm. you think about it if as long as you show some like sad looking victorian people at like in a black and white photo after a film people go oh my god did you know that that was real i mean when i first saw it that's what i felt straight away yeah because you're just fresh off watching it and you see those photos in black and it, white and it you is think a, it is a true yeah, story the the family involved real. yeah the the family involved were real but a lot of it was overdone from what i can gather she wasn't possessed at any point she had the issue with the bruises she was tired all the time the family were getting like 
things thrown across the room. It was basically just poltergeist action. Um, so that part is true. That part is true. So and the, the, the kids were being picked on. Um, as for the the supposed witch that haunted the place, Bathsheba. I think Bathsheba. that's what it was called in the movie. I can't find anything about Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. I've had a look. I'm like, as far as I like, well, everything that comes up about the Warrens is purely about the Conjuring universe. Mm-hmm. And it's all, t- but whatever story you do find, that's not about the movies. It's all told from them, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's all told through Ed's books mm-hmm. um, and interviews with Lorraine later on in life. The, there is no nobody has co- ever come forward about the Annabelle doll, so yeah, they they basically like they kind of rode the money train on like going oh well like that we found this and someone reported this and basically they founded um what was it called it founded the New England Society for Psychic Research in nineteen fifty two, and it is one of the oldest ghost ghost hunting groups in New England now. Is, is, and is that still going? That's still going. Was it what they do? Do they go out and investigate hauntings? So, um, it's a little bit, you know, like in Conjuring 2, there's Maurice... Maurice Gross. Yeah, Maurice Gross. He was part of the psychical research group in England. can't remember the full name of it because there's, there's a million of them around. But it's basically people looking for a hobby in ghost hunting. And that's essentially what it is. It's a lot like the like today. It's like ghost hunters. It's people walking around with spirit boxes, trying to communicate with the dead with Ouija boards, aggravating spirits if like if they are aggravating them, and just being general kind of douchebags to be honest. Mm-hmm. Especially when it kind of comes to all that kind of thing. So you do get like a lot of medium saying yeah stop ghost hunting because you're just pissing them off um and that's basically what ed and lorraine warren have made their money in doing mm-hmm. is making more people do this kind of sort of thing surprised they haven't come out with their own version of a ouija board or a spirit box and they like miss- scrabble their own yeah. version their own version of scrabble cluedo you mm-hmm. know Missed the money on that one. But the film was good though. I enjoyed it. It had a good I, few. I it really had a good few scares. The first few scares. one. Uh-huh. Yeah, the first one was really good. It had a lot of scares. It was something different as well. It wasn't your textbook like scary film. I think the uh, major horror franchise at the time might have been Insidious. Yeah, so they were released around the same time. Look, they're all come from James Wan, isn't right. it? So they're all part of like kind of like the same connection, aren't they? So. Mm. James Wan's got his own like signature, so especially with the Insidious films and the Conjuring films, they've got the kind of same vibe to him. Mm-hmm. So you, you always forget about the Insidious films because you always think if you speak about the Conjuring universe, you're speaking about the Insidious universe as well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Insidious was one of the first films in a very long time where I had to sleep with the light on for weeks. Was it the the first film? The first film, yeah. I remember going to go see it with one of my friends, no, actually two of them. I went with Jenna and oh, Alex, I think it was. We went to go see it and Jenna's like, oh, it won't be that scary. And I was like, shitting my pants the whole way through. I'll tell you what made me jump. Just the opening title. Yeah, because it was music. just so loud. And like, it was just, just there. I was but like, um, I think the one thing that creeped me out was the whole tiptoe through the tulip song and the fact that, like, that guy was like, just, well, a demon. 
And I, Darth Maul. Oh, that, no, the one that freaked me out the most was, you know where she went and put the rubbish out? And she looked... Oh, the yeah. little dwarf kid. Oh, God, I don't know what it I don't, is. I'll just give him a kick up the arse. I don't know what it is about creepy kids or creepy, like, like small people dressed up to look like kids. You know, a little bit like the munchkins. Mm. Something about that really freaks us out. I like... like if I suppose I, a child with an adult's face is a bit creepy. Yeah, well, I mean, like, if I saw, like, wee man walking down the street or something, I wouldn't pay, like, pay him any attention because... Well, you see, Bless him. You wouldn't pay him any attention. You wouldn't ask well, him for his autograph. I'd, I'd, ask, I'd ask him for his autograph, but like, if I saw a small person working, walking down the street, I wouldn't like look, give him two looks because they're, they're just doing the thing. And like, I'm, I mean, I'm from Whitby, so I've seen way worse <laughs> things than a, a short person. But if you, if they were dressed up as a like, I don't know, like a like a sailor outfit or a kids kids school uniform mm. or something, but like, mm-mm. some something's wrong there. Especially for like, it was like that. It was like an old little man in like mm. this little Victorian boy's outfit, just running around giggling like a little kid, and it was just wrong. Ralph didn't think it was. Yeah, but um, in the film, it, it is supposed to be a child, but in real life, it, it is a little man. Yeah, but like, yeah. but yeah, it's possible. It's supposed to be a demon. Is it? Well, well, well I, it's I didn't supposed get that. to be something like that. I thought like a spirit, of course. Yeah, like some sort of like weird malevolent spirit. Uh, but my favourite skate in The Conjuring is when two of the children are in their bedroom and they were knocking. One of them standing up and the other one's lying in bed. Mm. And then the, the older one looks up in the, in the yeah, bathroom on top that, of the wardrobe. Yeah, that's what and I was thinking of. And the camera just zooms in and yeah. there's this peace and sound. Oh, and God, that was awful. Like, that that was a bit that, like, it's, it's giving me goosebumps thinking yeah, about it because uh, it, it, like, it's terrifying. It's a good, it's a good uh, scare, that. Because the amount of times that I've being like I don't know, like at my job or walking around the house, and there's something up on a higher level, and then you get that feeling like, oh, I feel like I'm being watched, and you look around, but you never look up, never I look up. I just keep my head down all the time now. I yeah. refuse to, to look up. Well, it's like when when I go in the bedroom and like I don't know, like I never look on top of your wardrobe because you should do, because who knows what's up there? Oh, dust. Pre- presents. <laughs> dust. That's what's up there. So after the first Conjuring, um, I think Annabelle came out. Yeah. And so. uh, you do see a bit of uh, the doll in the first film, don't you? At the beginning, there's like a prologue type of thing in it with yeah. the two nurses or something. Yeah. So. So can you tell uh, me where that where the legend that, well, that, of Annabelle well, comes that from? That was actually in the first. Was it in the first Conjuring? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The beginning of the first. So there were two nurses. It was Donna and Aggie. Is this in the, is this part real? This. Is supposedly real. According the, to them. According the, to yeah, Ed and Lorraine. The, the only evidence you can ever find about it is in Ed and Lorraine's like words. They've never come forward. They've never like surely You mean these two nurses have never come forward? Yeah, these two right. nurses and there was Lou, which was Aggie's fiance that was living with them. Like they've never come forward, so surely after Annabelle came out, it would have been a whole thing of well, here's the nurses, and they'd have got a lot of money from press. Maybe they were paid to to shut up. Well, I don't think Ed and Lorraine Warren had enough money at that point to keep them shut up. Unless, Studio. Well, unless yeah. Could have had a negative effect on the the press for the film. But even then, like, if you think about it, because like it was a what's it, Conjuring Two, 
the Enfield Haunting one, the the only one of those kids that came forward was was it Jan Janet? Yes. Yeah, the little girl that was possessed. The only one that came forward was Janet, and she was interviewed in the behind the scenes footage, sort of thing, on the DVD commentary, and she looks haunted as hell. Mm-hmm. We'll get on that though in a second. Yeah. So where does Annabelle come from? So Annabelle, basically, yes. Donna, Aggie, the two nurses, and Aggie's fiance Lou. Lou. Now, they all live together in uh, an apartment, and Donna got gifted Annabelle as a present from her mum. Apparently, her mum got it at second hand from a second hand shop, mm-hmm. which is, I think, where you see Annabelle 1 closing. Oh, right. And is that how far back they can find the doll? Or does yeah, it go back so, further? So that's as far back as they can, they can like, put the doll, basically. Mm. Now, strange stuff was happening around the, around the place. Annabelle kept moving around. It was about six to eight weeks into the funny activity that actually they got a, a medium in that wasn't Lorraine, by the way. Now, she said that Annabelle was possessed... Well, not possessed, but... There was a little girl attached to the doll and all she wanted to do was play with the nurses, be friends with them, but she didn't want to pass on. So they were just kind of like... Common sense would prevail and you would say, no, get fuck out, right off. Get out of my house, you creepy little bitch. Yeah. But no. They, I don't know. I don't know who you are. They decided to say, right, yeah, you can, you can live in the doll and we'll look after you. Well, they because, well, because there were nurses that were thinking like, they're looking after something, but no. So basically, the their job is to look after the living. Yeah, not the dead. <laughs> That's what supposed mediums are for. Yeah. But yeah, strange stuff started happening around the house. Like the doll kept moving. Like they'd go from one room where Annabelle was, and then they'd walk back in, and she wasn't there anymore. But then they'd walk into another room where the door's been closed the whole time and there's Annabelle just sat on a chair in a different position. Right, so what happens in that time when the door's moving? Is the demon picking it up and tiptoeing around the house and just putting it down? Materialisation. So it's literally... It's very... Like, what do you call it? Theoretical? Theoretical physics, isn't it? Yes. So it's basically... Teleports. Yeah, Essentially, it's so it's not like the Looney Tunes where he's just like tipping on his tiptoes no. silently through the house, and no, it's, looking around the corners. And it's not like Wiley Coyote or anything. It's just essentially it dematerializes and turns back up somewhere else. It's no different from the whole thing about Scotty beaming up sort of thing. Hmm. So yeah, essentially, like it, it was teleporting around the the flat. Um, they find it in different positions. One of the positions that they said that they found it in, which was really strange, was it was on a chair, kneeling on its knees. But when they tried, because it's a raggedy Ann doll, it's yes, not like it's a, it's not the same doll as no, it? it's not a porcelain doll like it's portrayed in the movies. It's she's a raggedy Ann doll, so she's just all stuffing and fabric. So they've tried they tried to get it in a position where it looked like she was where she was kneeling on her knees. But the thing is, is that she was straight up. On her knees and then her legs back. It wasn't leaning on the back of the legs or anything. It was just straight up. And then as soon as they went to go pick it up, boom, she went down. Mm. So it was like a, like something was holding her in that position. 
Um, another one was where they found her with both her, her legs and her knees crossed, but if you try to do it yourself, but like I said, because of the way she's fabric. They just spring back. Yeah, it just springs back. So it's like something was holding it in that position or something inside the doll was holding that position, basically. Creepy that leg, isn't it? Yeah, and it wasn't... So then the Lorraine, the the Lorraine's, <laughs> the Warrens got in touch with these nurses and then they took the doll back to their lair. Well, no, it was actually the nurses that supposedly got in touch with Ethel Lorraine Warren through connections, which is where they think the Catholic Church came in. So Ed has said before in an article, basically, that the, the church said that this nurse had come to them about this doll and they were like, oh, well, we know somebody that would be perfect for this. So they came along and Lorraine read the doll and essentially said that it was possessed by a demon, not by a spirit. And it had, like, it wanted to kind of take the souls of the nurses. And she took the doll. Yeah, then they, they basically just took the doll away, put it in glass case in their museum of... So it's a good way to catch free stuff, like, isn't it? Just get into someone's house and just do it, wave your hands around, like, that's haunted. Putting point the TV, putting the hi-fi, that's haunted. <laughs> I love that. The sofa, I, I love say, that. Uh, another thing that was strange is that notes were appearing around the house with the nurses. And they weren't like, miss me, like the ones in the I film. I was just going to say, yeah, they have It was them. help me and help Lou, mm. which was Aggie's fiancé. So why would they want to help Lou? But nothing, like, as far as... Oh, was it not like, help, I'm on the loo? <laughs> <laughs> no. It wasn't like that, but um, once again, there's no evidence of these notes. No other notes have appeared through the Warrens' property. Like nothing, like as far as we know, happened to Lou. So, but Lou used to say, which we when we listened to one of your podcasts, um, he said that he, he had a feeling about the doll, mm-hmm. and he, he woke up in the middle of the night and it was like strangling him. But then it was like he passed out and he woke up again. And the doll wasn't there. Do you remember hearing that? Vaguely, yeah. yeah. So Lou's come forward to say that. Well, no, that's also come through the Warrens. So it's their third party account of what yeah, they said. Yeah, so you could scour the internet for hours, which I did the other night, and it was extremely boring because it's all about the films. And there is no in-person like accounts from either... John or Aggie or Lou about the doll's like work basically. So like you said, either the the what was it? The franchise has bought them their silence and yeah, basically studio. said don't come forward to disclaim this because people are enjoying the whole Annabelle thing. Mm-hmm. Or, it'll, it'll spoil the illusion. Yeah, or they just never existed. Mm. And it's just all a figment of Good old Ed's imagination. If imagine if all this was just a con, it would be the, one of the greatest it would, cons ever. It would ever. be the greatest cons of. And they all got time. a movie deal out of it all. Yeah, like the long the, con. They made so much money. The leverage it. team would have a field deal with these two. Oh bloody leverage! <laughs> so, but the film though, what do you think about the film? The first, the first Annabelle film. The first Annabelle film was. I didn't think it was all that grand. No, it was extremely boring as well. It was just kind of like it. It had. Because she was pregnant the whole way through it had very rosemary rosemary's babies mm. vibe sort of thing especially with the with the being in an apartment and then like there's the the weird woman that's yeah, yeah that and i think the, the scale not really the scares but 
the tropes were somewhat like because she's in the house on her own at, at mm. various points in the film she's turned the radio off and it turns back on and the record player does the same thing I think that gets old really fast yeah it gets boring dead fast turning stuff on and then it turns back on gets yeah the, the whole fire in the house as well like everyone knows that's typical like poltergeist activity thing but the thing is is that it's been done a million times it's mm. been done in the film poltergeist you know like it's everywhere. It's in the classic horror genre sort of thing of, oh, well, the TV keeps turning itself on and this, that and the other. And, oh, well, this magically set itself on fire. But, um, well, to be fair, the whole Annabelle thing actually did bring one of my favourite cult classics into light, and that is Chucky. Oh, right, right. So Chucky was actually based on the whole Annabelle thing. So it, like... Chucky was the original Annabelle before Annabelle became a thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, this whole thing about possessed dolls and everything kind of led to to the Chucky franchise, which I'm not complaining about. Yeah, not bad. Also, in, in Annabelle, what I do like is that you see the demon. Yes. Albeit briefly. Mm. And I think the elevator scene is pretty oh, good. Yeah, that, but that's actually... There's a lot of creepy pasta kind of stuff around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I made you listen to a podcast the other day. I think so, yeah. And right. Yeah, that, that one was like, it's always, cause it's, it seems to be a common thing in America, like, uh, especially in apartment buildings where the laundry and the storage is always in an underground, like, basement sort of thing. And you have to go down in this, like, industrial lift to get there. And it, I suppose it, it is creepy. Mm hmm. To be fair, uh, it would creep me out. But um, there's another doll you want to talk about. What's yeah. his What's his name? His name's Robert the doll. Uh-huh. And this is real. Yeah, this this is real. It's like based on actual events that have happened. First hand uh, account. Yeah, first hand account, like actual family sort of thing. There's a museum about him. He's, yeah, so I said he's Robert the doll. He lives in Key West, Florida. Mm-hmm. Now his story starts in the early 1900s. Um, basically, he was gifted to Eugene Robert Otto by his, well, one of the, the servants that they had in the property. They think it was like his nanny or something. It's sort of like a weird, um, what they call nursing dolls. So, he's like a bit like a raggedy Ann doll. But like a comfort doll. Is that yeah, like yeah. Like, so, he's like, he's about like, what, three foot high. And he's like, full of stuffing. And he's wearing a little sailor outfit, looking all cute and stuff. Um, so, yeah, he was given to, well, they call him Gene. He likes to be called Gene. Um, and he basically called Robert the doll after himself because Robert's his middle name. And basically stuff used to happen around the house and Eugene used to say, oh, well, Robert the doll did it. And, of course, his mum and dad, they were quite wealthy people didn't have a lot of time for that that kind of nonsense so after t- like after a, a long time basically she the mum just got fed up of like Jean blaming Robert the doll for all these bad things happening um but then it was like stuff like ill health in the family as well that was happening as well they kind of tied it all into the doll so instead of being a reasonable person and just throwing it away she locked it in a box in the attic and just left it there. And Robert the doll stayed there basically up until the mum passed away and the house got passed on to Jean. 
and Jean moved him and his his family in there and basically when they were kind of sorting everything out they found Robert the doll and his whole fascination started up again with Robert the doll Mm -hmm. and basically strange stuff started happening again his wife ended up leaving him I'm pretty sure they had a kid together and the kid left as well so basically at the end of Jean's life it was just him and Robert the doll and he was an artist as well so there was just it was just him filled in a massive empty house in Key West, Florida with him and a doll. And then basically when he died, the doll got kind of gifted down. And that's when the whole Robert the Doll story came to light and they built a museum around him, essentially. I would. There was no way I would live in a house on my own with that doll. I mean... To be fair, he is quite creepy, but I, I've got a thing about dolls anyway. Like, I like hated baby dolls and, like, you know, like, the the baby, like, proper baby doll. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to like Barbies, but then as the older I've got, the more nightmares I used to have that my Barbies were tr- going to try and kill me and, like, that they moved on their own. And that's where that whole kind of, like, fear of dolls comes in, but I'm pretty sure that's after I watched Bride of Chucky, so... Cool beans. Um, so after Annabelle, I think we had Conjuring 2. Yes. Yes, we had Conjuring 2, which was the Enfield haunting. Yeah. And I know of this haunting, sort of, because yeah. um, I saw the Timothy Spore TV. Yeah, that one. Player. Was, yeah, that one was really good. Um, it was more based on fact than fiction. But first of all, actually, um, Conjuring 2 starts off with um, the Amityville. Yeah, it does. So, so how much were they involved in that? Basically, what had happened was, of course, Ronnie DeFeo Jr., he went round, shot up his family. Like, they were all in bed. It was an awful crime, and he ended up trying to play it as if it was just one of those things, like, oh, it was at the height of like satanic panic essentially mm-hmm. so he was trying to blame like saying that demons were trying to infiltrate his mind and he was basically trying to go off the insanity plea but like luckily they, they didn't buy it no the justice system saw right through it because he couldn't hold up his act he was basically a troubled kid and a bit of an alcoholic to be honest so like so he shot how many people again so he shot his mum and his dad started with his dad then his mum and then he moved on to he had two brothers and then a little sister mm-hmm. right so and it was a shotgun shotgun and he shot the parents first yeah so he shot the dad first then the mum right and they were and everyone was shot in the bed everyone was shot in the bed laying face down right if i heard a shotgun so, i would wake up yeah so what's the, the crack here this theories that either they didn't hear anything at all because it was muffled by pillows or something like that that that's one theory another theory is is that they were like because they were kids they were too scared to move they're like oh well it's okay because it's, it's only ronnie ronnie's not gonna hurt us ronnie like goes just keep your head down keep your head down you're gonna be fine and just shoots them so it's it's basically sort of I think it's a power thing where he he used his power as the oldest brother to say, listen, I've got it. It's okay, don't worry. I'm going to get like whoever it is. You need to lie face down, make it look like you're asleep. 
and basically then goes and proceeds to shoot him. I'm not too sure if he had just like two sisters as well. Mm. I don't know. I think there's more kids involved in it. I can't remember the like everyone that was shooting it, but there was a lot of people. The mum, she was she was still yeah she was found face down, but she's also found in a position in the bed that made it look like she was trying to get out of the bed. So like like half in half ha- out like half in half out kind of like half hanging out the bed. I don't know whether it's that's the position that she fell into mm-hmm. afterwards because there was a lot of crime scene photography for it. And so there's also people. So where do Ed and Lorraine fit in? So Ed and Lorraine came in after the fact because what happened is after the Amityville incident, basically another couple moved in. I'm trying to remember the names. Can't remember the names. Do you know why? Because they're not relevant. Mm-hmm. They, these guys were a lot like Ed and Lorraine and they were just it's a cash grab situation so they moved in knowing that what happened in the property because they've got an absolute steal for it because of course in America they have to let you know if there's been death in the property in like the mm. last five years or something um, it's like a legal obligation to let them know and normally they sell houses for a lot cheaper if the murders occurred in them so they moved in knowing full well what had, had happened in the house. And basically the, the bloke started going nuts. He started like not washing. He started sleeping in the basement. Um, he was saying it was cold all the time. So he's had the heating on all the time. Um, he started abusing the kids and his wife. He started hitting them. Um, and the kids weren't his kids either. They were stepkids because she'd been in a relationship before. Um, I think the dad died in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and basically, they said that things were happening in the house. It was always like at the same time of night, and I think it's like three thirty-three in the morning, which is supposed to be an insult to the the, the Holy Trinity, which is also mentioned in the Conjuring one. If I ever wake up at like half past three in, in the morning, I've I done, always freak out. I have done it once, and it was the most terrifying minute of my life before it went back to normal time. And I was like, "That's all right, just roll over." <laughs> I think I rolled over to you, and you were like looking like, "Oh," and I was like, "Oh," <laughs> I was like, "No, thanks." <laughs> I'll roll back over onto my side. Um, but yeah, basically, they ended up only been in the house for 28 days and fleeing leaving all the like possessions behind basically saying like that whatever was out there or in that property was gonna kill them and then that's when ed and lorraine warren come in they came in and that's where the infamous photograph of the little boy comes in so apparently one of the their people took the photograph and to be fair comparing that photo against the photo of the littlest boy that was murdered by Ronnie it is a spitting image of him and to get that kind of photo I don't know I think it could be a real photo I want to believe it's a real photo if it's real do you think that's the most proof you'll ever get probably no no is there more is there there's more spirits of photography out there the, mm. the um I think she's called like Brown Lady of something Hall, and it's like a place in Yorkshire, and it was like a photograph taken in the sixties, and basically this guy saw this ghost coming towards him walking down the stairs, and she was, it was like she was wearing like a shroud of just brown fabric, and he took a photograph, and I'll I'll show you it later, and it it was one of the first 
spirit photography photos of I ever saw and I was like that kind of got me hooked on spirit mm. photography and then that led into like post-mortem photography from the Victorians mm. so so obviously Ed and Lorraine investigated this and found they said nothing that or something they, they said there was a demon in there they said that basically Ronnie DeFeo was like was taken over by a demon and that's why he killed his family and if that family had stayed in there as well that the dad would have killed them the same way that Ronnie killed the kids and there's a lot of faint dots to connect yeah, those, so isn't there? their main thing was that there was a guy that lived on the property many 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 years ago by the name of Ketchum if you do you remember the Ryan Reynolds version of this film? Ash Ketchum not Ash Ketchum <laughs> Unfortunately not. He was out there in Japan catching them all. Um, no, the, this guy, I can't remember his full name, but I remember the name Catchem. And if you remember the Ryan Reynolds film... Never seen it. Oh, actually, I might have seen I it. I made you watch it. It was terrible, so I forgot it. Actually, it's not... T- I've seen the worst films than that. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole thing about catch him, kill him sort of thing, like... Magnets on the fridge were moving to catch him, kill him, and stuff like that. Well, anyway, this guy, catch him or catch him or whatever, basically, he had slaves on the property, and apparently, he used to torture and kill his slaves, and it was all to do with the satanic thing. But what then, a prick. But then again, that's all speculation, and a lot of it comes from Ed Warren's mouth as well, so not might not be true. It smells like bullshit. It does smell like bullshit. And also this guy was a supposed like holy man. He was like a priest. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that they're now accusing him of like like satanic behaviour causing all this in- stuff to happen on the Amityville lot is a, is a very, very big jump to take. And it's all very, it's all speculation. Mm-hmm. There's no like, there's no full documentation. It's not like the Madame Laurie house in New Orleans where they've got like they've got evidence that she used to kill her slaves in the attic and that kind of thing. It's all speculation because it's all linked to the Warrens and once again, you've got to take their word for it. Uh-huh. And then, so later, later on in The Conjuring 2, still in that film, mm-hmm. uh, it's the Enfield Haunting. Yes, one of my favourite hauntings. Uh, the most high-profile British haunting, was it? Yes, so it is actually one of the most high-profile poltergeist cases. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, yeah, probably overall one of the most infamous British hauntings. So it takes place in a, a little council house in Enfield in London. Just a relatively normal family, Just, isn't it? Yeah, well, uh, not normal for the time because unfortunately there was... There was Peggy, the mother, I'm just trying to remember their last name. Enfield? No. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, oh, I can't remember now. No, I can't remember them. Um, but, yeah, there was Peggy. Hobson? Yeah, uh, Hodgson. Hodgson. Yeah, so there was Peggy Hodgson. Unfortunately, her husband had left her a couple of years before, um, run off with a woman around the corner, basically did bother... Pat, who makes the, makes the pies. <laughs> Yeah, um, basically didn't bother with the kids. It was just down to her to work a job, claim benefits, and just raise the kids the best that she could. Bless her. So she she. But that sounds like a right dickhead. 
Well, uh, what can I say? Most mm. dads are dickheads. Mm. <laughs> and luckily, I've got a nice stepdad, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, basically, she was the classic downtrodden woman raising. A, there was the two girls and two boys raising them all on her own so she had four kids to raise on her own and so she's got to keep the house clean and she's also like got to work a job and claim like money from like the government and of course it was just very hard and then the kids were an all... ideal scenario for a poltergeist to well yeah because someone, the the kids were all pretty much similar ages as well they were mm. all like there was only like a couple of years between them so she at one point she was just popping out kid after kid after kid so Janet was actually just one of the middle kids. Mm-hmm. So there was her sister, I think, was the eldest, but there was also another brother. Now, he wasn't involved in the whole Enfield haunting thing because he was at a special school. Now, what kind of school is it? Like, like a special to... needs school? No. A, I think it was a school for troubled boys, basically. Oh, he's a so bit of a bastard, was he? He's a bit of a naughty boy. So he he ended up going to a special school for naughty kids. So Boston. Pretty much, yeah. It might have been. You never know. <laughs> it was all swept under the covers anyway, because that's just the way it was. So how many kids was there in the film? Three. There was three in the film, but right. in real life there was four. Right. Um, and yeah, basically, it all started around Janet. So it it's all started around Janet. Strange stuff started happening around the house. Basically this entity just fixated on her and of course it was at a time when she was starting a period she was going through puberty basically the whole house was just a hotbed of emotions and like everything was highly strung everyone was stressed out Mm -hmm. kids were getting bullied at school dad didn't bother got no money everyone's smoking it's the 70s life's not that great um so yeah, like I said, it all circulated around Janet. He used sometimes a, like attach the other kids, like attack them sort of thing, and it was always stuff like the like the levitating photo, which we've we've discussed at length because she said it just looks like she's, it. It does look like she's jumping. Yeah, but the thing is, is that she, the way she is, she's in like she's pretty much in between the beds. So she how can she jump that high off the floor? Strong legs. She was this a right skinny thing, and it was probably at the time. I'll have a look at that photo again. Oh, one day. We're gonna argue about this for years. Mm. Um, but yeah, basically, the Warrens had very little to do with the Enfield haunting. So much less than what's seen in the movie. So very much less. Basically, they turned up for two days, asked Janet a few questions, turned round and went, "All right, we're off," and they made out that they were the whole shit, basically. Um, it wasn't the case. It was, it was Guy Playfair and Maurice Gross. They were the main, the main guys. They were the heroes of the situation. The Warrens had nothing to do with like the whole resolution of it. Basically, what happened was is that the the do you know the scene with the cops where the, the police turn up? Yeah, and the that, chair moves back by itself. Yeah, so that actually happened. That would have converted me like that. Yeah. That that actually happened. There is a police report by these two coppers. One's a man, one's a woman, reporting that they went round because of a supposed breaking. Mm-hmm. They went round, looked round the property, couldn't find anything. Heard scratching coming from within the walls. 
moved a chair and the chair moved back by itself. They saw the chair move they back. They saw the chair move back by itself. And then it was once again the female police officer did actually say you need to like you need to seek help. But she I think she mentioned about going to the to the newspapers. Mm-hmm. So I think it was the mirror they went to first. The like the because like that's the way that it used to happen back then. It was like you didn't really have anyone to contact so to try and find anyone to have a look into stuff. It was either look through the yellow pages or get in contact with the press. So of course they got in contact with the mirror, and the mirror, the this journalist came round to report about this. He then reported it, but also got in contact with the uh, cyclical research group, which Maurice Gross was part of, and of, he got assigned the case. Now, Maurice Gross was troubled in himself anyway because his daughter of the same name, Janet, had died a few years ago from a motorcycle accident. So everything that you see in the Timothy Spall version is pretty much spot on that's a really good version as well it is a really good it's it's more it's more light-hearted as well than more human it's more human and it is it's scary but it, it it's more real than the the conjuring film the way that maurice gross is portrayed in the conjuring film makes me so fucking angry. He's more portrayed like a bit of an idiot. He is. He's portrayed as an idiot. He's portrayed as somebody that is like basically in it for the fame and the glory, which is what the the Warrens were in it for. Mm-hmm. They weren't in it to help everyone out. So he's took on their real life. He's, he's yeah, took on their real so life roles. They, they've mirrored it back, like basically saying that. Oh no, he was in it for the money. He just wanted the recognition. Is he still alive? No, unfortunately, he passed away. I think he passed away in two thousand one, actually. Because oh, his viewpoint would have been interesting. Yeah. Has uh, he been? Has he spoke about it since then? Um, I'm not too sure to be honest. I don't think so. Guy Playfair wrote a book on it called "This House Is Haunted," and that was it. Have you read it? No, I haven't read it. I want to read it though. It's mm. one on my on my list, and it. Basically, he, he proper dumbs the book down in like his little, um, what do you call it? Is it a blurb or, mm-hmm. yeah. Basically, he, he dumbs it down a lot saying like, if you're looking for like uh, magnificent beasts and blah, blah, this book is not for you. <laughs> and it's like, come on, guy, you you know what you're doing. You're selling me a book here. Um, but yeah, the way he's portrayed in the in the country film is an absolute joke. They've totally whitewashed over the work that he did, and to be fair, kind of pissed on his memory a little bit because he basically became like the dad of the the family. So the the way that is it Patrick Wilson? Yes. Yeah, Patrick Wilson plays uh, Ed in the film. It's actually the way that like. Maurice Gross was. was, and also Guy, Guy Playfair was quite, um, quite a guy in it as well. He was, he was a journalist that like wrote books about certain situations, so like stuff like the, the haunt in itself. And I tell you what, uh, Ed, Ed Warren was not that good looking in real life either. No, he was not. He was not. Neither was Lorraine. Oh no! Like they've totally been like glammed up upgraded that's what yeah there's been a total upgrade 
I tell you what, if they made the film with them looking the way they used to, I bet they didn't make it won't make as much money as they have done. Al Pacino for Ed Ed Warren. Has Al, has Al Pacino got got on him now, like? No, but he's looks like no, no, he hasn't got, got much of a gut, no. De Niro? No, he's he's no. I was gonna say if you're looking for like a tall, tall, heavy set man. The Rock. I was going to say, Jeff Garland. Jeff Garland, right. If you wanted a comedy version. But then again, Jeff Garland's a little bit more attractive than Ed Warren was. Mm. <laughs> and I'm going to say, you're going to have a hard time in Hollywood finding anyone to play Lorraine. Jennifer Lawrence. Why would you do that to j she could, she could do that. She could put on... A Don't do that to layers, layers You of know makeup. how much I love her. <laughs> Why would you do that to her? She would do it. No. So, so the uh, poltergeist in, in Conjuring 2. Um, yes. The, the ad bloke. What's he called again? Uh, Bill, 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 Bill Wilkins. Bill Wilkins, Is yeah. he real? So, from what I remember... My name is Bill Wilkins. Bill is actually the name of the the, the guy that died in the in the house. Whether it, I can't remember if it was Bill Wilkins or not, to be honest. My memory's a bit shaky mm. on that. But, yeah, so back to the the whole Enfield haunting. So, basically, strange shit was happening around. Furniture was getting moved. Kids were, like, getting bitten, scratches, but the bites never matched up to the kids' dental work anyway. Um, Basically, like, Maurice Gross and... I can't remember how Guy Playfair came into it. I think he was brought in by the, the Department of the Psychical Research. Um as like a, a third party sort of thing to document it. But um Matthew McFadden's character Matthew McFadden. Yeah. It's just the way he talks. Just, just something about him. But yeah, um basically his version of Guy Playfair is pretty much spot on. Um he didn't believe it at first either and the more he saw, the more he was like, Oh my god, this is actually happening. So one of the things was the marbles. So marbles used to just fly across the room, but then like they didn't just kind of like bounce back onto the floor. They just kind of stopped midair and just dropped and then no bounce. And they used to try everything they could to make the marbles do what exactly those marbles did while they were flying through the air and nobody could ever replicate it. Like there I think there's videos of it. If you like go deep into the web deep into reddit you'll find like videos and stuff and photographs mm. i'm just trying to think what else there was of course there was the infamous talking through janet um, that was an effective scene in the movie i, I enjoyed that it was a good effect having well, them subtly change from janet into yeah Bill that, that was pretty good unfortunately that didn't happen in real life no. but the voice that came through it no kid could make that noise like no adult could make that noise if you asked Ralph Garman to sit here. Jake could. He's good at doing him. Yeah, but but then could he speak normal afterwards without his voice being all croaky and sore? Well, who knows? But even then, like, it was the... There was points where there'd... This Bill would tell a joke and then he'd start laughing, but then Janet was laughing at the same time. And it was two voices simultaneously laughing at the at the joke, the, 
the poltergeist is told. So how can she laugh like a little girl but also laugh like an old man at the same time? That's weird. That is weird. So you believe the Enfield Haunting to be real? I believe it to be real because one of the things is that they mentioned in the film was that she applied for housing straight away. She applied to get move, moved out of that house straight away. Mm-hmm. She did not apply to move out of that house straight away. She refused to move. The mm-hmm. council actually offered her a better property but she said no because all her friends and family were around her at Enfield on that property and she actually lived there till the day she died. Mm-hmm. She never moved house even after. So at what point did the hauntings stop? The hauntings actually gradually came to an end and it was the older the girls got the less activity happened but one of the things that I do want to mention is, is that they brought in quite a lot of third parties into the Enfield Haunting. It's mostly to try and disprove it. Actually, it just cemented the fact that it was real. So one of the ones that they did bring in was they brought clairvoyants from Brazil. These were quite famous clairvoyants mm. at the time. And one of their things was drawing. Like they used to draw and stuff. And actually one of them said that Janet was actually a a clairvoyant herself a medium herself basically she was such a powerful medium that she needed to be trained and they even offered to take her to back to brazil with them to train her how to use her, her powers how to control like herself and you mentioned earlier that now she looks yeah cause rough. She, she did not take them upon that offer because mm-hmm. she was a kid she was a kid if you're if someone from brazil just walked in and said do you know what? We'll we'll take your mum because she's a powerful medium. Would I don't you... think anyone from Brazil sounds like that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. But if, if going to go to Brazil, that that, sound, that is just <laughs> racist. I can't even cope right now. But like it was like if someone came in and just like it was like, oh, do you know what? Your mum's a powerful, like spiritualist medium. She's come back to Brazil with us and learn the ways. Would you really let your mother? Go off to Brazil with a stranger. If if someone came to my house and said to my mum, come with us to learn the ways of the force, I'd be like, go, mum. <laughs> you go, mother. But but no, I no. don't. No, no, that's a, weird. No, it, it's a bit weird. So, to be could fair, have been a cult or anything. Well, that is true. It could have been anything. That was that was the, probably the time of the cults as well. Mm-hmm. You got the Manson girls and... And probably Jonestown. I can't remember when Jonestown happened though. So have you got anything else to add to sweetie? Um, yeah, well, I've still got quite a bit. Well, I'm thinking we're approaching an hour now. Are we? Yeah, really. Fucking hell. So I'm thinking, would you want to do a part two? And Because we, we haven't uh, discussed the nun yet, the character of the no, nun. No, I and mean, I haven't even covered a lot of what's going on I in mean, the haunting. Really? Yeah, I've still got loads to talk about. Oh, I'll have to do part two then. So we'll talk about um, part two of the Enfield Horn, uh, talk about the nun, mm-hmm. uh, Annabelle creation. Yeah. A curse of La Llorona. Yes. And do a bit more on Annabelle comes home. Do a bit more yeah. on that. Yeah, I suppose so. And also we've got a bit more we could talk about with like uh, Annabelle and Robert the doll. Oh dear. Yeah. Champion. Well, until next time, I've been Dan and that has been Kate. Say yeah. bye. Bye. Bye.